Booty Fit. Hello, welcome to the Wrestler Review. My name is Dylan Gott. And me, my name is Sexy Sweet Boy Johnny Hastings. He's a sweet little boy, and he has a lot of friends who are all adults. Everyone uh, is my friend. John, is my you know what I would say about you? You're a bit of an asshole. Did you know that? Please don't shit on. No one can even see the joke. <laughs> it's a joke for us. They don't know if it's. They don't know if it's like a fart noise we for some reason put in the podcast. No, it's my actual asshole. I microphone my asshole and then John, I fart into it. John uh, puts his own property on his butt and then my shits on it. I'm not shitting on it. Don't be like one of those fucking girls I went to high school with. They're like, legitimately, her name was Amanda, and I remember once in math class, my friend Bob farted so loud, and it was so (laughs) funny. Of course a guy named Bob (laughs) farted loud. He's an RCMP officer now. uh, (laughs) Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And uh, and she was like, now there's shit fragments in the air. (laughs) And I was just like... Yeah, maybe, but it's so funny. Amanda probably wanted up the pooper, though. No, she had a weird twitch where she could, like, she would always like twist her head in a certain direction. Okay. And uh, apparently, she then went to another high school, and evidently, she was one time got that twitch while she was receiving a gentleman, and uh, may have caused some strain. Oh, doctor, did it? Who, who? How did that become a thing? People knew. Oh, high school, yeah. Yeah, high school. Because it happened, and then four people saw it. There's a, <laughs> there's a guy who I run into every time I'm in my hometown who the first time he had sex, he came quickly. And yeah. every time I see him, I'm still like, fucking two-pump jump. <laughs> <laughs> Just a two-pump jump. I'm like, this is a man who has like a business. He has a family. And no, I still am like... He's a two-pump jump. Yeah. Fucking high school. He's a nine-to-fiver. He's a ham and egger. I'll tell you... I'll tell you this about Canadian high school. What we could have really used is someone doing a decent job with the announcements because our PA system was faulty at best. At best. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, he's not here right now, but we'll be talking about him for a while. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, Ken Anderson, Ken Kennedy, the man whose gimmick was I'm a ring announcer yeah. and I'm a jerk too and that makes me bad. I'm from Wisconsin. My name's Ken. Boo! Uh, <laughs> why? Why are we supposed to hate Mr. Kennedy for being like? Oh, he's from Wisconsin. What a what a dick. For those of you confused by uh, Dylan's trail off there, uh, he's in charge of the levels this week after yeah. some curt emails we received, and uh, and so just one one curt. No handings. Don't tell him just one. Okay, it's seven million. Build the lie. Do emails. it like our some one of our friends does, who talks about his career sometimes, and is always just like, "I got eleven emails about it." <laughs> a a tweet, and it was from my girlfriend. Anyway, honestly, we got we get fifty emails a day. Yeah, but they're from you and me. Yeah, it's just, just it's just yeah, it's just, just trading back and forth photos of Vader and Mister Mister Boss Man. <laughs> Mister Boss Man's a nice boy. We're uh, gonna be talking about Ken Anderson. Uh, the world's greatest wrestler? He is the world's greatest wrestler, and he is, of course, beginning, kicking off a little thing we like to call Asshole August here oh, on yeah. the Wrestler Review. Because you know what we do with the Wrestler Review? We like alliterations as much as Vince McMahon. Yeah. he d- Does he love alliterations? Every single finishing move is either a pun I know, it's fucking so- or oh. an alliteration. Look at fucking Ken, Ken-, Ken Kennedy. So... Do you know how, so he brought in as Ken Anderson, this was actually brought up on another episode, his, uh, he was originally, he debuted as Ken Anderson, was wrestling at Ken Anderson, 
Vince McMahon hates Ole Anderson so much that he refused to let him wrestle as um, an Anderson because he wanted to make sure that, that he wouldn't be confused with that dynasty. Yeah. Which is something you brought up, and then, oh boy, are there are a lot of fucking internet forums about that. There's like Reddit pages upon Reddit pages about assholeness of Ole Anderson. He's the only man where I'm like, Vince McMahon's right to hate this guy. Tell him to get fucked. Um, Just a bunch of stuff like that. Well, the thing about... He, uh, yeah. W- w- uh, the first thing I was going to read up about uh, Mr. Kennedy, Anderson, whatever, is he debuted in OVW and was the first guy that was, for no reason, hated by Jim Cornette. Like, Jim Cornette fucking hated this guy. He didn't really? understand... Yeah, he didn't under- He th- didn't think he had a good look as a wrestler because he thought he was too sort of bulky t- for his height and either wanted him to lean down... Like, there was issues with that. He didn't like his style because he was very much a, like, he was wrestling in a power style. And to fucking Jim Cornette, who still believes you should be wearing wool trunks and Tully Blanchard could have been the world champion. <laughs> like, this is a guy who will still bring up the Rock and Roll Express. He'd be like, no, there are no Rock and Roll Express. And it's like, that's like saying, I don't like Tom Waits because they're no Motley Crew. Like, yeah, that's what we're kind of going for, actually. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, it makes sense, though, because... Um, as I'll probably detail later, uh, the thing about uh, Mr. K- Kennedy is he's on no- he's one of those guys who really is just way better in promos than he is in the ring. Like he's good in the ring, but there's nothing he doesn't have anything. He do- I he doesn't have a to quote Jim Ro- he doesn't have a wow factor in the ring. But yeah. I think that he can but he can talk him into the fucking building. Everyone remembers this. Everyone's in their head going. Kennedy right now even though it was so fucking annoying and you hated it like everyone remembers that he was so much here's the other weird thing about uh Mr. Kennedy that I will say is he had more time in total non-stop action than he did in the WWE and I don't know about you but I did not watch the Mr. Anderson era of TNA because he already came in I mean we'll get to this down the road I suppose but he came in under he came in after like people were like oh tna just sucks forever <laughs> yeah he came in well after the i wouldn't even call it the golden period of tna that that golden 45 minutes when, <laughs> the golden four months yeah when they didn't have either billy corrigan or the bully from the wonder years in charge billy corrigan now going to be an on-screen character billy corrigan as, as of this recording probably is uh as of this recording also minority owner because they had no more money uh for yep. tv tapings yeah um, what the fuck? He also apparently beat up a trans woman for fucking hitting on him. <laughs> so that's all you want is the public face of your company. Yeah, makes sense. A man, a man who wears, who looks like a fucking shitty Moby, as I call him. Anyway, <laughs> um, so his OVW career, he was kicked out after six months, only brought back when Paul Heyman took control of OVW because Paul Heyman envisioned and was one of the f- original architects building towards a storyline where which was Vince McMahon's bastard son who turned out to be Hornswoggle, and that was all the seed planted by Paul Heyman because he saw Ken Anderson and thought he looked a lot like a really young Vince McMahon or a, lo- a young Shane McMahon. He had similar features and thought he could be a, like a bastard son of the McMahons. Yeah. Which is also where mi- like Ken Kennedy came from because that's Vince McMahon's middle name. Yeah. So that was all a Paul Heyman architectural design. And as we all know, unless your name is Brock or Punk, you don't want to be associated with Paul Heyman at the WWE because they're just like... Tommy Dreamer, how about your gimmick is uh, you you got um just like you just you just you just don't work here anymore. Here's where we see. Here's where we see you, Tommy. Tight T-shirt, rave pants. Yeah. What do you think? 
oh, you're a grown-up and you don't want to wear that? Get the fuck out. Hi, Tommy. Uh, yeah, hi, Vince McMahon here. We're going to just pipe in some ECW chants to remind everyone about the company you worked at that failed. <laughs> oh, you want them to just spontaneously do that? Get off my phone. Um, what do you mean? Like, So he was brought in. They literally made him. He's the only guy that had to do this is that they basically only put him on Velocity and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. He was part of SmackDown, but Velocity, SmackDown, and OVW. They made him do triple duty because they were really unsure about him in the ring, which was a big issue for him the entire time. Here's the other problem with him, and this is all over the fucking internet, is he was a bit of a cock in the backstage area and was real convinced of his abilities. <laughs> like, did you do any sort of reading about... Like, this guy just apparently was very much about, like, here's how it's going to go. Like, very much always about trying to lay it out when he was working with people that are, like, Umaga or um, Carlito. Eddie Guerrero, apparently. Him and Eddie Guerrero had a big brouhaha. Because he was telling Eddie Guerrero how it was going to be. And Eddie Guerrero was like, maybe I should remind you that my father used to try and wrestle us when we were in the uterus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that was the, I seem like, very honestly the impetus for his TNA character, which then gets out of hand. I don't know. Did you ever see the, I mean, we'll play it at the end of the episode. But did you ever see the Ken, uh, the Ken Anderson, Jeff Hardy promos? When no. He, he almost... This is uh, like it was another version of them. They jump. This is jumping ahead, but they he goes and he does a promo about how the the creatures of the night are all pussies and he's a fucking asshole. So basically, it's the perfect. And this was in 2010, I think. So it's the and this is right in the John Cena era where like you know Jeff Hardy was like he was kind of like a John Cena vibe where like adults hated him because he's like goofy, but kids love him because he's funny. Got face paint. Yeah. Look how funny he is. Well, he here's, the thing, stuff. here's the thing about Jeff Hardy, not to take away from the eventual Jeff Hardy episode, and of course the two-parter, which will also be where he's Willow of the Wisp. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with Jeff Hardy is Jeff Hardy apparently is the only guy that doesn't realize that you shouldn't write down your ideas when you're on drugs. Because um, literally he's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a band, I'm going to record my own Here's music. the thing. When, but hang on. Jeff Hardy but when he gets to TNA... When anyone they put against him, like, it's just anything they say is reasonable against the fucking dreck he says in the mic, especially in 2010, which is lead up to the time he went to the ring so fucked up they just had to pin him and then yeah. run away. Well, th- but the, uh, we will do a Jeff Hardy episode, and I think we should honestly do just a TNA Jeff Hardy episode where we only play his promos. There's, I watched a bunch of stuff, I forgot when he was a, he was a heel and immortal, and he comes out and like, just any acting that Jeff Hardy is supposed to do is just the worst. Guys, we're recording this in advance because right now, uh, it's the first week of August, and we have just started our shows in Edinburgh. Uh, you can go to dylanagot.com or johnhastings.net or whatever. The John Hastings or johnhastingscomedy.com. John Hastings Comedy, not the only John Hastings on the internet. No, nope, so it's a cricket player and also a realtor from Colorado who keep warring and driving the price up for johnhastings.com. It was available recently for (laughs) $1,000, to which I said, fuck you, GoDaddy. They called me about it because they have my phone number. And let me say this about the GoDaddy staff. They are assholes, much in the way Ken Anderson is. That's why they called me the Segway Kid, Dylan. Now, no, I just want to say this is the real tragedy, and we'll talk about this after the break. Not a tragedy. Many have died because of Ken Anderson. Um, but uh, the real thing where he does that assholes promo, and then it's like classic wrestling in this like uh, century where they get this thing where it's like he found a really good way to divide like, okay, Jeff Hardy's for kids and women, and I'm for dudes. 
and then or like old sweaty dudes um and then yeah, yeah, yeah. when they go with when it, you say like, dudes you mean you and me yeah i mean like people don't take care of themselves uh and then they progress from that and just try to make him Stone Cold Steve Austin, but his move is a reverse Russian leg sweep. Like, he can't... He's not Stone Cold Steve <sighs> Austin. He's like... It's kind of like if they would have just taken Ric Flair in the 80s and then just done what they... what the, the At least the Carolinas wanted, where just make him a babyface. Yeah, he cheats all the time. That doesn't mean... Like, he could always have the upper hand and cheat, and people just fucking love it. Yeah, like... Make him the heel, but some people just cheated. Yeah, he cheated, heel. wouldn't you? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's aside from his WWE run, which is mired with uh, controversies. Well, it's mired with a couple of things. One, he was apparently dangerous in the ring. This was uh, this came from the many times he was super dangerous in the ring. He apparently... <laughs> <laughs> well, the fucking... The Packer plunge he does to Hornswoggle oh, is just like... God damn. He basically... Those guys, the, the little people, they don't have a very good life expectancy, Ken. Well, the problem with his fucking his fucking closer was this. This was also in an era when Petey Williams was doing the Canadian Destroyer, which was this fucking visually stunning move. And you could tell a lot of wrestlers who came up around him were like, "I need to get something like that." Yeah, that's this fucking like it's a bu- it's just a beautiful highlight reel move. And Ken Anderson's version of that was the fucking Green Bay Plunge. Where he basically put people in a Death Valley driver position, but he was on these fucking second rope and leaped over and did a roll. Yeah. But the whole thing, you're like, you do that even a bit wrong, and you're putting your head in someone's fucking belt. Like, it's it looks so fucked. And he does it wrong a multitude of times. Or tries to put it on people like Umaga, where you're like, well... Allow me to lear- teach you a little thing about physics, you fucking blonde fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're putting your own weight plus their weight on them. Plus, it's also you. He put what he would do is he would get them in it and then like climb up the ropes. And I think he does it once. He tries to do it with MVP during a b- first blood match or something. And it's just like, no, you don't. Like, it's just you might have the strength to hold them, but you're now backwards climbing up two ropes, unbalanced. Like, oh, it's 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 a miracle. More people didn't just fall off. They kind of they stopped move it, using it at some point, but it was a sweet fucking move. When he did it right, it was fucking great. It was like fucking WWF No Mercy when you fucking gave people like the special the fucking finishing moves that the computer could think up. You're like, well, you couldn't do this in real wrestling because he would just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, but the interesting thing about No Mercy, those are all like actual Japanese moves because in Japan. Do you ever hear the story about the Gonzo bomb? <laughs> about how a no. guy fucked up a pile driver once and just dropped a guy on his head, and they were like, "That's good. Go with it." <laughs> so then one of the like, because they have in Japan, everything's way more like uh, strong style and no and thought out. So they would just do like, okay, if you're the world champion now, if you ever like, oh, this guy, he's done with all my moves. You're gonna do the Gonzo bomb to him. So imagine being like. On one hand, we're putting your character in a really strong place because he's going to do his, like, super special move to you. On the other hand, about 45 minutes in of a concussion, you're going to be dropped on your skull. Let's just hope you don't break your neck. Anyway, get out there, buddy. Yeah. You're going to die in the ring, <laughs> not of steroids, just of your body stopping. Yeah, because here in Japan, we like to let people know that, sure, it's fake, but doesn't mean that you still can't be murdered by it. <laughs> My body wrote me a letter that said, I'm sorry, I'm dead. Yeah. You know? Um, Here's what you need to know about Japan. The great Sasuke, he's a member of parliament, and he still wears his mask. (laughs) Because I remember, this is actually uh, uh, one of the weird things. I got back into wrestling around 2000, like, 
2005 after taking a couple of years off, 2005, 2006. No, it would have been 2006, I think. Uh, yeah, everyone. Because I remember watching SmackDown and uh, he was being put over jobbers, Mr. Kennedy, mm. and he was like one of the new guys. And that's when you get back into wrestling after being off of it, you're usually like, okay, who are the new guys? I'm going to watch these guys. And I just remember looking at him and being like, oh, cool. Everyone's super excited about a heel. Like, it was like, this man is a heel. Uh, he he says his name twice, cool, and then um, and then his move. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> cool so that was, was my cool. first impression. Was cool, and it was also it's an interesting way to get someone over, which is fucking um, show that his arrogance, show his abilities, all that sort of stuff, and the whole f- sort of feud with Tony Shinoda or whatever the fucking guy's name was, <laughs> Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park. It's Mike Shinoda. He had a feud with uh, Mike Shinoda. Um, Tony Schimmel. Yeah, because in the end, it doesn't even matter. matter. That's cool. how that's how Ken Kennedy feels now that he's on pills. Now that push <laughs> came to a startling end when Billy fucking Painkiller started dropping people on their heads, and he wasn't dropping jobbers, also known to Vince McMahon as these people who keep talking to me. <laughs> um, he dropped someone that Vince McMahon probably knows the name of, a little man named Randy Orton. Who uh, well, that was? You skipping ahead to two thousand nine? Well, yeah, they were building a push for him slowly. No, they gave him the money in the bank. They gave him the money in the bank, but that was also. But that, depending on where you read in the internet, I are you getting? Are you getting? No, but there was a people up and towards him getting the money in the bank were uh, very much against it. Like everywhere on the internet, and he's talked about it in shoot interviews that like John Cena just hated his face. That doesn't. I think it's one of those things where you can't... Because he was brought to Raw, put in a program with um, uh, with Umaga over the Intercontinental title and um, yeah. uh, Carlito Caribbean Cool. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole Umaga thing... And that's when his first reputation of not being the most safe in the ring because he, uh, he almost hurt or he hurt a little bit of Umaga, which is like, when you hurt a Samoan man, like, without a gun, what the fuck were yeah, you, you doing? You hurt a guy 100 pounds heavier than you. Yeah. Yeah, shit like that. That's when it started, and then they took him back to SmackDown. He worked, didn't have any more problems. They gave him money in the bank, and it started again. Yeah, well, there. I mean, do we want to get ahead to the reason why he left? I would. Let's just quickly talk. How did they get the money bank money in the bank off of him? He lost the briefcase in a match on Raw to Edge. Yeah, like it's so fucking lame. But then, but that he was injured. Because remember, it was something like. Well, Fuck. they were. Building I mean, I'm doing this episode, I should know this beforehand. But it was something like I just couldn't remember who he, he lost. He was. To. He was either injured or there was some. No, reason no, I know what, why he lost it. What it was is he lo- he lo- he got injured. He lost it. Came back. Violated wellness pro- uh, um, policy. Policy. All before that, a bunch of people had been complaining about how fucking unsafe he was in the ring, and they were like, "We got to fucking cancel this push," even though they'd already started the who the fuck is Vince McMahon's bastard thing because they had fucking started that and that was sort of fucking revealed. Uh-huh. And it was going to be him. The whole sort of plot line, which has later been revealed, was it was going to be um, who's the bastard son? It's going to be Ken Kennedy. Ken Kennedy takes control of the company. Um, Triple H is given the the, um, the role to like win it back. And... Um, Vince McMahon's supposed to be, like, his champion, all that sort of stuff, and then they're going to have a match at WrestleMania for control of the company. Oh, what an original idea this all is. 
then uh, Ken Kennedy is going to lose because he was betrayed by Vince McMahon, and it will be revealed that Vince McMahon's true bastard son was Triple H all along. Now, a couple of problems with that is that's then implying that s- his daughter is married to his bastard son. Which I love. Which who doesn't fucking enjoy. That's because that's that's probably the Trojan horse Vince finally got his incest angle. Like, that's the Trojan horse of his incest angle that he wanted the whole time. how many times this man has tried to claim that he's fucked his kids on television? Like, well, that's the great thing about uh, Vince McMahon is that he'll be like, all right, incest angle. And they're like, no, we can't. He's like, how about I wrestle God? And they're (laughs) like, fine. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever you think, Dad. Like, he wanted to put their wedding on pay-per-view. I love it. I love everything about Vince McMahon. He's so good. Like, imagine that's your dad, though. You're like, how was your day, dad? Listen, this year for Christmas, I'm getting you the Tower of Power. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't... That, first of all, that's not a dad. Vince McMahon is no one's dad. <laughs> he's a he might have... He might have... He's done the, the ge- act of he's he, the genetic jackhammer. He's done. He may have done the act of ejaculating inside his wife, who then birthed him two children. But he has no. He is not a father. <laughs> he's not. He's a man who donated sperm to a woman, who then raised children, <laughs> and then these children are like that man was the sperm, and then she's like, yes. He's, well, I guess we should kind of emulate him, and he's like. Who are you? What are you kind of hot? Get some titties. We're doing TV. Shut up, Stephanie. You want to know why? Because you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> the only part of you that's supposed to be fat are those tits. <laughs> yes, the macho man. He's going to make you a woman. <laughs> oh, fuck. <sighs> <laughs> um, but Mr. Kennedy. Just by the way, if she fucked Macho Man Randy Savage, it, Savage it's a push whether or not Vince McMahon was <laughs> gross. That's a sock. Yeah, I'm in my house and uh, I just smelt a sock. I know. I know bad. what people use the one sock for that's under a bed. No, that wasn't splooge. What was it? Uh, that's just a sock I wore and then I put under my bed. Goddamn. I use Kleenex like a gentleman, John. I am a 30 year old man. I ejaculate into Kleenex, as you can see. My garbage is overflowing with it, and I have soda water because I need to hydrate afterwards. <laughs> um, also, you don't need to explain why you need soda water. I know why you need soda water, because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Ke- uh, Mr. Kennedy, at the time, uh, it's almost spectacular that he could be dangerous in the ring, given that his moveset was the 80s plus the Packer Plunge. Also, like, can I just say this? Think about Rob Van Dam, who was had a reputation of being stiff in the ring as well and kind of weird to work with. Didn't have it backstage though. Well, I think it's also the difference is also it's having political allies. It's also like he's oh, he was a dick. So then everything gets hyped. That's the thing. He's also a bit of an asshole. Like that's the the thing that you need to take away from this month here on the wrestler review, which is like every wrestler is a little unsafe in the ring because it's wrestling. It's like what do you like? I'm pretending to punch someone, but to accomplish that, I'm gonna do five moves that if you cough wrong will break every fucking bone in your spine. Like. Yeah, and then giving him, because he did switch from the Packer plunge to the one of the, like, basically the stroke. Like, yeah. do you remember? Yeah, that was during the time when I was like, what move do we give him? We don't want to do submissions. How about the stroke, you know? Um, But Mr. Oh, yeah, because that was that in that time where Vince McMahon woke up and was like, nobody taps. He also did, uh, we'll take uh, a break in a second, but he also did the thing where they were like, he was like, listen, I'm worth a push. I'm great on the mic. 
let me basically be John Cena's rival in perpetuity, which is very interesting because he was supposed to be that, and then Edge kind of takes the mantle from him. Um, he, but the Benoit thing, uh, I which I'm sure you're going to... Uh, the beat the clock match. And all that. Okay, go. No, I mean the Benoit thing. After Chris Benoit murders his family, Ken Kennedy comes out and is the public face of, like, no one does steroids, and then gets oh, caught Oh, that's why I did steroids. <laughs> That's the that's the one where he comes out and he says a bunch of weird shit. Uh, he says a bunch of weird shit on CNN afterwards, trying to defend the company and not like he tries to like fly off the handle a bit and be like, "Listen, here's how it actually is." Instead of being like what you're supposed to do, John Cena in a suit, just being like, "I mean, this is very sad. I d- I can't speak to anything. I'm just I'm in shock." Like just kind of like skirt around the issue when they ask you questions and then just it, they'll ask you like, "Have you ever taken steroids?" And you go, "Uh, no." And then he tested positive on the WWE wellness policy, which I assume was no, a guy coming. No, he didn't. Uh, the po- oh, no, he got found with steroids. He Sorry, got, yeah. yeah, he got put on the list, and there was yeah. a list of a bunch of guys, and they it was the Sports Illustrated published it. And the problem also was is ca- like they because it's a sport. It's a wrestling is a sport. And continue, will, and it is illustrated. The Greg Kelly is an athlete. Bastion Booger <laughs> is an athlete. It's a sport. Yeah, New Jack. Is the same as Donovan Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> New Jack, I'm assuming, and Tiger Woods have cocktails. Muhammad Ali, Luna Vashon, they do the <laughs> same thing for a living. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael Phelps, meet uh, a fellow athlete, the Sandman. Yeah. Hey, is that Wayne Gretzky? Allow me to introduce someone who also hails from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. That's Smith Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Why is he chewing aluminum foil? I wouldn't ask Smith any questions when he's having his shiny time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it helps him huff the paint better. As an athlete, you should know, Wayne. Yeah, but you don't. But aren't you from Alberta? Also, everyone's screaming it. Don't worry. Wayne Gretzky's from Brantford, Ontario. And I know he played in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I just said. No, he played in Edmonton. Oh, yeah, Edmonton Oilers. No, I know, yeah, but Smith Hart is from Calgary and probably has oh. never been to Edmonton, seeing as, <laughs> when they, seeing as when they sold his house, he tried to hide in it. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it's probably just like, it's probably like uh, yeah, someone from, <laughs> just like, there's probably a couple of guys from Liverpool who was like, no, I've never been to London or Manchester. There are people I from- I don't have a fucking wet pussy. I've met, I okay, well, I'll tell you the story off, but ah, I'll tell you. I once did a gig in uh, Liverpool and I had to wait for a bus, so I just had like two hours to kill. So I was just drinking a soda water in a bar. <laughs> and a guy asked me why I had a bag with me, because Liverpool is that kind of town. Yeah. Why do you have possessions with you? Are you a gypsy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your curse on me, foreign talking man. And I was like, oh, I have to take a bus down to London. And he was like, I never go to London. I never. He goes, I don't like being out of the, uh, out of the city center of Liverpool. Who knows what will happen? I'm like that is, that is a square mile. You don't like being out of one square mile, you weird guy. I and love that. Yeah, he's a man's man. And then he asked. Then we were. I was outside smoking because I was smoking at the time, and he was also smoking. And then someone was smoking weed, and he said, uh, "Don't do that on the sidewalk. You got to do it in the street, or the police will catch you." And I was like, <laughs> the pool. You have to do that in the middle of the street as a car is hurtling towards you, or else the police will catch I you. I think what he was trying to say was do it in the alley, but. They they don't fuck around in that place. No man, yeah. Liverpool's the best. Liverpool and Manchester, where chips are a vegetable. Anyway, <laughs> so um, that's the thing. Is also Ken Anderson, asshole. Yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. 
But the thing is, is that the people that are so arc- orchestrated his being pushed out called him bad. Randy Orton apparently was the one who was like, this guy needs to be fired. And for Randy Orton, lord of the manor of assholes, to be like, yes, this guy, nah. Randy, you're telling us this while you're taking a shit in someone else's bag. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm just showing my cock into some guy's wife and uh, the door's locked anyway. He wanted to know why I wear black trunks? Didn't ask you this question because I got a fat dick. Yeah, didn't, ask you, didn't ask you to tell me that. I smoke cigarettes with it. <laughs> yeah, wh- why does he smoke? Every time I find out a wrestler smokes, I'm just like, why? He's the best. I hate Randy Orton. I've hated him since the fucking beginning. He's th- he's great. He was. Uh, we'll, we'll have a Randy Orton episode uh, later on in the month. Even. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. When a guy. When this is what you know. The first thing you find out when you st- you go from regular wrestling fan to smart wrestling fan isn't that wrestling's fake. You just find out. You know what Randy Orton loves to do? Shitting on women's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Orton problem with women. Yeah. Just like I'm assuming Ken Kennedy has. We're just doing a lot of talking around this man. Because uh, a lot of it, it's just like he's just a guy that basically he's an asshole and then wasn't smart enough to get political allies. He pushed hard for his spot to be essentially Edge, which is a great point. But Edge is so much better for that spot because what it's like, it's John Cena versus a loud man or like, I'm the rated R superstar. I'm sexy, but not in a way that's cool, but in a way that's like, I fucked your mom, so she'll only make me cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Edges, yeah, Edge was, I mean, Edge was great, but Mr. Kennedy was great, too. And he's great in the Fed because he's, like, got c- TNA, as we'll talk about it after the break. TNA is kind of this weird thing where it's, like, it's wrestling purgatory because they give you, they're like, oh, do whatever you want with your character. But the thing is, anyone, anyone, anywhere... Except for, like, five people, usually, in I'm not talking in wrestling, I'm talking any form of entertainment. You need someone to say, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. And they had the kernel, as I talked about earlier, the kernel of a really good idea with Ken Kennedy. But then I'm assuming they were just like... I'll, but I, uh, you're also blaming outside factors. I think he has, of anyone in this month's category and anyone we've really talked about... He is the best example of every first chapter that's either written by this guy or for this guy. Great. The idea of him being Vince McMahon's bastard. Great. The idea of him being a guy who announces himself to the ring. It tells so much about that character. He's so arrogant, so sure of himself that like I'm the only one who can do this for me. All that stuff is great. It's but there's something about this guy that he can't progress past that to do other things. Whether it's his love of pills and getting into the ring all the time on house shows in the in the Fed in no condition to work, or is it the fact that he doesn't commit to promos or he just like focuses on one aspect of his character? He fucking goes off half cocked on CNN, all those sort of things. It's ridiculous. It speaks to the. It's funny because it kind of speaks to the hubris that made him great in the ring, and the same thing, and the exact same thing is the reason why he's kind of like Mister Upper Midcard. His whole yeah would have been Mister Upper Midcard his whole career because he doesn't have that next level of like, and it's the the bizarre thing about it is you can see with their time served if you want to look at Edge and look at him side by side, you can see why Edge was be- was in the long run. I mean, obviously better choice as like your top heel guy because edge cares about it so much that he'll add little ripples to it he'll find new ways to make his character like uh great as a heel and little new things new ways to do things to make him interesting whereas uh mr kenny just like shows up and i'm the best 
And I think he had more my fucking natural talent than Edge. I think this guy, like, watching his shit, rewatching a lot of it, he, the guy had a lot of fucking talent. And it's just, and his his promos, you could, you're exactly right, he could talk you right into the building. Um, we'll talk about what happened after his uh, exit from the WWE. Ooh, a tease. And stuff after this quick break. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling. But right now, we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review the Wrestler Review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We do this podcast for free. We ha- we've been so lazy, we haven't even set up one of those PayPal things. Not only that, we won't set up PayPal things because wrestling fans have integrity. And, and no money. And no money. No fucking mm-hmm. money. But what we do have is uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. Email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter, the Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. Oh my God. We're back from a literally six-month-long break. Yeah, we've been gone for six months, but for you, only 15 seconds. We went on a spirit journey. Uh, We talked about... Ken Anderson leaving TNA, and then it happened. Because we recorded the last part in February. What the fuck? Oh, my God. My God. My God. All right, let's talk about... Uh, uh, let's just start Let's just start off with a bag. Ken Anderson now just on the independent circuit. I don't even know if he's wrestling that much. Mostly probably just eating somas like it's 1994, and he's a member of the clique. Oh. What a fucking bang-up metaphor that was. Anyway. Well, he you can't really rag on... I mean, this is going to be kind of weird, but I don't even think you can really rag on a professional wrestler being addicted to pain pills. <laughs> yeah, I can when he's, like it's kinda he's done like it so much. TNA is like, you no more chance. He failed there. a drug test in TNA. Yeah. That's like... That's Are you like on pills? Right now. <laughs> yes. No. Damn it. Like... That's like a drug dealer being fired from the gang for being shady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Ken Anderson, though, like I said, he started off really good in TNA. He was a heel. He found that th- that thing that makes that really is, like I said, the new millennium of wrestling is that you have all the fans that were on in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. The Attitude Era stuff <laughs> didn't age well, mm-hmm. obviously, if you watch that stuff. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You can't just say a pimp's a good guy, and then he hits a lady, and then everyone cheers. Um, that didn't age well. So you have all these, like, 35-year-old wrestling fans, and they're angry that kids and uh, kids and families show up f- because they'll never have kids or families because no one likes them, like me. Um, you hate them. It's weird. I hate myself is essentially what it is. Um, so you have like half half the fan base is one thing, half is the other. You have Jeff Hardy for that fan base, and then you have uh, Ken Anderson for the other fan base. And you would think, what? how do you do this? How are we going to do this long feud where obviously uh, these people are siding with, uh, with Mr. Anderson? And especially WWE at this time is doing a lot of like family-friendly stuff. So Mr. Anderson is an asshole, and uh, we're going to do a lot more edgy stuff. Uh, so what do you do? You obviously make them a tag team a month later. Uh, <laughs> the enigmatic assholes. And that's really the last time I paid attention to TNA. I, I have no problem telling you. Um, oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't follow through the aces and eights debacle? This is TNA, <laughs> TNA run by Vince Russo at least was fun. 
but it's just not like I wouldn't say it was fun. No, TNA ru- no, no, TNA run by Vince Russo. It was kind of like every day. It was like I feel like it would be like what would happen if your dad was bipolar, which is like I don't know what I'm waking up to. <laughs> but that's why I like it. Yeah, today, it's, at least it's a lot fucking different than um, today. Hey, Sting's a Joker. Tomorrow. AJ Styles fucks people. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Styles is Ric Flair now. Why? Because uh, he's. We don't like him. We don't want to use him for what he's good at. Um, Mr. Anderson, though, uh, <laughs> turns face and heel a thousand times. Um, he is involved in the perfect immortal storyline uh, where he ends up winning the TNA world title, which Jeff Hardy has uh, redone himself. To be what Jeff Hardy wants the title to be. Was it a bong? No. It was, it was, first of all, it was purple. Second of all, it was just all his logo. And that's the thing I hate is when a I guy hate. wins a world title that's customized for another guy. And then he just keeps the world title looking the same. Like Edge used to do that with John Cena. And uh, they all Punk did, did that with John Cena too. They did too. it all with the spinning belt. The, the spinning belt became the WWE championship at a certain point. Yeah. And it's like... No, that's for one guy, and make him have if if you're gonna have a guy have his own title, make the fucking title reign be like four years long. Yeah, or like do it with someone who's so important. There's a reason to it, like Steve Austin when they had the smoking fucking co- title. Yeah. Like how fucking, but yeah, he Austin had the smoking skull title, but then quickly when he lost it, another guy like they changed the title back, right? Yeah, Vince McMahon, like, like a week Vince McMahon so. stole it and they kept it as a trophy. And then eventually The Rock threw it into a lake. Yeah, exactly. God, the Attitude Era was weird. <laughs> so much shit was thrown into lakes. <laughs> like, Hardcore Holly was thrown into a lake. The Intercontinental the title, title was, was thrown, thrown into a lake. Steve Austin was thrown into a lake at one point. They really went to the lake a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. The Rudy Pooh River. Though the Yeah, the fucking uh, the Jabroni Bridge. You threw him off the <laughs> fucking bridge. I forgot about that. Mr. Anderson, though, uh, um, I think as a wrestler, you can say this. His things, like you said about uh, Jim Ross, said he doesn't have a really a wow factor, but he is fantastic on the mic. And then the pitfalls of TNA uh, are very apparent. Where like he starts out good because he's a good promo. And yeah. he, he was, and he's one of the better guys you can see when when he has a WWE promo. Uh, he he's good at going on the script and like a lot of people are shit at saying uh, the script well but he does it very well Um, but he when he's in TNA he just gets to be too much because he obviously thinks he's hilarious and no one else does he's the most like his last four years of TNA were just being the most annoying fucking worst comedian you've ever seen in your life Dude, he has a clown tattooed on his fucking bicep because he was voted class clown when he was 19 and has had the tattoo redone twice because he still can't get it to the perfect clown. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> that's why I've been that's, qu- why I though. that's why I've been quiet by the way everybody because I I wrote in Ken Anderson to check if he officially was fired from uh, TNA for drug use and like the fifth article down and I was I was just like scrolling to make sure that was right was just Ken Anderson Clown tattoo. Boo. He has Boo. a clown tattoo. Um, his TNA run is worse than most, which is... Cause he also he which is fascinating. Because he never was there when it was good for even... like AJ Styles, there was a time when he was great. 
Team 3D, there was a time they were there when it was great. Christian was only there when it was actually pretty watchable, to be honest with you. Mr. Anderson was only there when it was like, this is a bag of shit. If you guys don't watch TNA and you think John Cena isn't funny, go watch Mr. Anderson. And like, because it's go like watch him in Aces and Eights when he's making like Brooke Hogan looks like a horse jokes. And this is how, like, this is him being subtle. She looks like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like any pro- the promo where he's like, uh, Dixie Carter, she really got she really got us stuck to her. Oops. I'm so sorry. That sounds dirty. She got the wood. Oh, no. And then, oh. like, that, and then you just want to, like. You're just waiting for him to go tee hee hee into the. Oh, he's a fucking bag of shit. And it's not like, it's, it's the X, it's like what they call it, like, X Pac heat. From like the late nineties, which it sucks because Xbox was great. Um, Wait, when he was in the X Factor, my pers- my preferred Xbox. I can't believe. Can you imagine getting it, being like, uh, "Just incredible, Albert. We got plans for you. You're in a stable. Oh, cool. With who? Xbox. All right. I'll just find <laughs> out. I'll just go back to whatever I did before this. Yeah. Like, so oh my god. Why don't you just tell me to go fuck myself? And then they're like, "No, he's pretty reasonable." Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, he's roommates with Steve Blackman, and two days ago, Steve Blackman walked into his house, and he was stood there, and he'd injected so much meth into his veins, he hadn't moved for four days, and his feet swole, swole, were so swollen, they burst through his cowboy boots. It's <laughs> a legitimate thing that was discovered about X-Pac. Oh, my God. Isn't that the most... F- he did so much I'm drugs... so sad. He ruined his cowboy boots! That's that's what happens when you're dealing with the X factor. <laughs> yeah. X factor. <laughs> no, that was the X factor theme. You dealing with the X factor. I don't wanna have a kid. Uncle Cracker did yeah, that. Yeah, no, song. I was going to be like, yeah, so you beautiful. <laughs> you mean the uh, the Uncle Cracker song? Fuck. But uh, so let's get on Ken Anderson. He tries to use his military uh, record, so he starts wearing like. Oh a camo yeah, because because they, they, they were trying to counter. Like John Cena being the Marine thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just so fucked. He's so bad. He like face and heel a thousand times. He goes in Aces and Eights. Rick Hogan looks like a horse, and then he breaks apart from Aces and Eights. Um, he like I, he's so. It sounds weird. He he's breaks apart so from bad. He, he's he a bad promo because of himself. He breaks apart from Aces and Aids. That, like, that makes no sense. Then he gets into a feud with Willow, and those promos are fucking baddie. He has a long history with Jeff Hardy well, the in TNA. It's one of the most st- storied feuds. They feud for like four years. It's one of the most storied feuds that has no story and no one cares. And But the problem is it's also, if you're TNA, the only person you're putting on top is... Someone else or Jeff Hardy. Like, they don't have anyone else. It's them. do. EC3. Do you know how much fucking... All right, watch the match where um, uh, Anderson wins the TNA world title. Here's who come out during the run-in. All right, so it's... All right, Mr. Anderson versus Jeff Hardy. They have Matt Matt Morgan's on the outside and helps uh, Anderson. Uh, Then RVD does a run-in. Oh, yeah, it was the RVD and TNA time. What a time. Yeah, RVD and TNA. Um, who else comes out to help Jeff Hardy? Matt Hardy comes out to help Jeff Hardy, and RVD stops them from running in. And then Mick Foley uh, <laughs> comes in and helps. And then Flair comes in and starts trying to fight Foley. And 
Eric, and then towards the end of the match, Eric Bischoff uh, comes in with a steel chair. That's a lot of fucking talent. Um, it's yes, is it like is it two thousand and one, and is that exciting? Probably not. But that's a lot of talent. And then you're discluding AJ Styles. You're discluding uh, Danielson Kazarian. Like yeah, but they didn't. The ha- thing that makes everyone so angry about TNA for is that, they like so close seven or eight years. Debatably, had more talent than the Fed. Yeah, but it's also like, and a fucking big platform on Spike TV. They had a lot of fucking talent. Also, were allowing people to run the show like Hulk Hogan, who didn't. F- yeah, okay, sending yeah, that talent. Exactly. That was the problem. The problem was just the match was Ken Anderson versus Jeff Hardy. I would rather see, like, I'd rather see fucking Ric Flair versus Ken Anderson than Jeff Hardy versus Ken. Anderson. There was no p- nothing interesting in that match whatsoever, and it's been by that point had been done. So many times to the point that they and they keep doing it, and that's the frustrating part about TNA is they keep doing it. And there's also no enforcement because, for fuck's sake, Ken Anderson was fired in 2015 for drug te- for failing drug tests in TNA. Yeah, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are both just headlined the final deletion. There's no way they didn't at least snort something before they did that. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. Yeah, well, it's finally Vince Russo. It's so funny that Vince Russo leaves the company, and they're like, this guy dive-bombed our company. Well, Dixie Carter just asking Vince Russo for help. Uh, you heard why they left Spike, right? Where they were like, Spike was like, Vince Russo can't work at the company anymore, and, Vin- and Dixie Carter was like, fine. And then they accidentally forwarded an email to Vince Russo being like, you're our head writer, basically. And Spike TV was like, that's it. We're fucking out of this. But um, uh, where's it going? Uh they're they're doing exactly what Vince's Russo scream dream is finally. They're finally finding something different to do with wrestling. Whether it's fucking the most dumbass shit you've ever seen in your life. Uh, in some, in in my view, it's exactly what I've always wanted from professional wrestling. Just dumbass. I want WCW Thunder back, and I want it now. <laughs> you, yeah, you've longed for the return of the filthy animals. I loved Thunder so much. <laughs> I loved it. Nothing mattered. Well, I didn't care. Because the thing, but the thing, in TNA had so much talent. Even fucking Mr. Anderson was a could have been a great world champion. He just needed someone to steer his ship. I don't know the guy. Um, what? You don't know him? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know the guy, but like we all have comedians who are we know are fucking assholes. Fucking piece of shit assholes, but they are super funny. My list starts like this. Dylan God. Yep. End of list. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am a genius uh, with yeah. my dick in my mouth. If <laughs> you all think it's weird that Ken Anderson has a fucking clown tattoo on his arm... Dylan has a tattoo of the human brain with an arrow that just points, this is my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually do have a lower back tattoo, so. I'm a oh, you do? Oh, I'm a win. Hashtag winning. Remember that? <laughs> Super I do. fun. It's ironic that that guy's original hashtag was winning and said he had tiger's blood, but then at the same time was probably diagnosed with HIV. <laughs> he probably had tiger's blood because that's how he got the AIDS bud. He got it around that time. Oh. Yeah, it was four years ago. That is very sad. That is very sad. Ken Anderson is an amazing is an amazing tale for a lot of if you look at it from the wrestling perspective because he's a guy who had a lot of thing a lot of talent especially when it comes to hiding negatives about himself a la um, maybe a bit sloppy in the ring but can talk anyone into the building and just never seemed to be at a company at the right time. Or able to get out of his own way so that people could push him. 
he truly thinks he's great and he's an absolutely an asshole. I also just find the whole like Kennedy thing just fucking annoying at a certain point. I remember liking it at first. Fucking I've hated it ever since. And the fact they're still doing it in fucking Well, they have to grow. You have to grow with the character, like I said, about the upper mid card main event thing. You do and that can be a trademark sort of thing, but it's just yeah. don't like it. Yeah, you don't have to you don't do it every time. You just bring it up at at uh, certain points. Like when he won in Money in the Bank and he said, I'm Mr. Money in the Bank, and then just like, and then bank again. I remember at the bar I watched that, everyone was like, yeah, this guy's fucking awesome. We're like pumped for this dude to be one of the new top guys. And then he just fucked himself over, unfortunately. Which I mean is the mark of, it's kind of weird that you wouldn't think of him, I mean, you can't really think of because he kept wrestling. But is he along the lines of, like, not Jake the Snake, but, like, one of those guys who, like, fucked himself over? He's very much Dino Bravo. Okay. And that, like, I would not be... Enlighten me on Dino Bravo, please. Do you remember who Dino Bravo is? I know who Dino Bravo was, but I don't understand why, like, what he was supposed to go to the top and then he didn't. Well, he, was, he, was, he was set up perfectly to be a fucking Hulk Hogan heel. And he's this super strong man. They pushed him really big while he did this, like, World's Strongest Man contest. Mm-hmm. Where he was lifting all this weight and he couldn't quite get it up, and Jesse Ventura pushed it up, and they were building to him being like, "I'm strong as strong as Hulk Hogan, stronger than Hulk Hogan," and they were gonna push that, but he was a really arrogant backstage, was fucking sloppy as fuck, and eventually they had to bring in Earthquake, and he became Earthquake's manager in the program they eventually built that he was supposed to do in Hogan, uh, for Hogan, and then like was always super arrogant backstage, supposedly. All right, well, we're going to... Ken Anderson's career isn't done. And I want to say this. uh, The reason why the part about TNA was so small is because... Number one, neither of us watched TNA. And Number two, the stakes aren't high. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Ken Kennedy, if he would have not been an (laughs) asshole and not basically contradicted himself during one of the biggest wrestling events of all time. Other than the WWE-WWCW merger, the Benoit murders are the biggest wrestling event ever. Ever. And Next he's to the guy that incriminated himself like, and fucked his whole career <laughs> over. That. He's not even the guy who incriminated himself. He was the guy who became the perfect focal point of wrestlers lie, wrestlers are scumbags. Yeah. This fucking idiot went on CNN and told journalists, no, I've never done Yeah, and he's a perfect picture of a wrestler i mean he's not as uh i'm sure he's not as cut as they would have wanted for a wrestler to be caught with steroids but definitely having spiked bleach blonde hair and that dumbass back tattoo and the, the, and the other thing you know, the fact that they could definitely like for every clip they'd be like he he says he's mister but we think he's an addict <laughs> but that's and the other thing I think he missed on his character was, like, wh- what I always hated about him, like, dude, you are not ripped enough to have that fucking back tattoo. Oh, he just is terrible. That fucking, that's like a tattoo you should only get if you're Brock Lesnar or Batista. And Mr. Kennedy was like, I'll get it, too. That's why he was so good as a heel, because you could see he was, like, an everlasting asshole. He's got the same kind of heat the Miz does in that way. Yeah, the problem with both of them... Just always have them be, like, cheating heels, even if they're faces. It's like the same thing as Ric Flair has, although Ric Flair seems like a very genuinely okay person. I would disagree with that (laughs) (laughs) 1,000%. I mean, to me, he does. Um, All right, let's do best and worst. Uh, What's your best thing about Ken Kennedy? 
Ken Anderson? Like, I guess it would be... He took a fucking gimmick and ran with it. He took the fucking, I'm going to announce myself to the ring thing, and he is fucking... He went with it. That, that could have been a lot worse. That could have been terrible. And he did a lot with it. That should be commended. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that wa- is a fucking all-time bad gimmick, and he almost got a world like, title out of look it. Look at fucking Fandango, who essentially had a similar gimmick. I won't, like... It was I like to dance. The different spin... No, but it was... He would dance to the ring, and then they would mispronounce Fandango, and then he'd leave. Yeah. And that built, built, a built, finally wrestled, and it killed his career. And, yeah... Very similar to Mr. Kennedy of like, you didn't say it right, let me say it. Could have fucking been a disaster for him. But Mr. Kennedy, yeah, I think that's why I'm, I think my best thing about Mr. Kennedy is very obvious, but his promos. And I think when you rewatch, um, he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of spotlight because he is largely forgotten just because of he's this weird albatross in wrestling where it's like. And they're going to forget. Like, they're also not going to remind They're never going to mention him again. He's never. He. But make no mistake about it, that guy could have been a world champion very easily especially he was in the era he amazing. was coming up in the vid fed, his in the promos were amazing he was an amazing performer he had a lot of like just raw natural charisma um if he would have had a better look then he would have been uh certainly better off for wwe sake but he's just he was a fantastic performer he was a fantastic he had just had a ton. Sorry, the best thing is his charisma. His charisma, his promos, clearly the best thing. Clearly the best thing about him. Uh, what's the worst thing for you? I'm going to say it. Uh, worst thing? Yes. It's fucking drug addiction. Ooh. All the school special haystacks. Thank you. Because everything you just said is completely undone by the fact that he's a fucking asshole and unaware that his behavior and his fucking demeanor took all of that away from him. I guarantee he sat somewhere in fucking Boise mm-hmm. going like, Kennedy, let me tell you why I'm not in the Fed because I wouldn't suck Vince. McG- Shut up, Bonnie. Shut up. Bonnie's just like <laughs> this woman that like, is like like bowling trophy hot. You know what I mean? Like she's got like, <laughs> like she's got pert tits, but they're also implants. Like you're just like, oh, there's something about you that makes me feel like your heart's an ashtray. Like, and he's just like, that's why. That's why. Yeah, I do Percocet in the morning because I fuck. Because I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just lack of awareness, drug addict behavior. And it's so evident. When they give Jeff Hardy another chance and they're like, but this guy's got to go. What are you doing? Because Jeff Hardy, I could see being like, a, like I said, I think like a nice man who would be like, hey, I'm really sorry. I got a problem. And you're like, Jeff, it's the 50th time. Also, you're the only person that sells T-shirts, and you're not really aware of what money is. So, great. Come back on, Jeff. Who gives a shit? You know, you can just show up, paint goddamn face. Some weird fucking goth girls are going to buy a T-shirt. Get the fuck out here, Jeff. You know? That's why I think the worst thing about uh, Mr. Kennedy for me. Kennedy. Um, I got two t- tied. It's tie. It's can I, I'm going to do a tie. Like I guess tie. I don't really like it because in the long run, because in the long run, I think you can say the worst thing, probably just what a what a. The worst thing is al- also tied into what makes the best thing about him, which he's a great performer because he has so much confidence, and uh, in the end, his confidence uh, is all, like he knows he's a- as good as he is. Um, but also, when you're around carnies, you have to. 
kind of have the, a soft hand. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta be you gotta be a soft touch a bit. If you're confident, you gotta you gotta not be a complete cock about it, which he was. So he's a cock. And I just wanted to say this. Uh, apart from a lot of stuff, he's also like really normal in the ring. Like he's very. When you watch his promos, yeah. you're like, "Wow, this guy's really good." And then you're like, "Oh, a wrestling match is happening now." That's. And when you're, unremarkable. And this is even if he played well, yeah. Even if he, even if he played well, even if he um, was good backstage, he got all those opportunities. And he didn't fuck it up. He'd still be being booed right now in the Fed because you have to have really good matches now, and you have to have inventive moves, and he just doesn't. He wrestles that like. Exactly the the OVW. He's very much of that OVW era where he wrestles. He wrestles like Vince McMahon's cream dream of I have my four side up moves. Here's my finishing move. He's like very as milk toast as like Randy Orton or Batista. Pardon me, or even Edge was in the ring. Which I mean, so he would have got that top spot. He would have been fine. He would have had okay matches. He, it's funny because he would have been underrated for what he was because I. Like if you're just good at they're just good at that style, but I just feel like he's boring as fuck in the ring. And he's this thing where even when he does high spots, I'm just like, it's Ken Kennedy. I'm not I don't care about this. <laughs> even when he did that fucking Packer plunge to Hornswoggle, I was like, Wow. Well if someone else would have done that, I'd care a lot more, you know? I don't know. Here's what I would say. You Ken Kennedy could stab himself in the chest in the ring and I'd still be like, That's part of a wrestling match. That's because a real that's night. the thing is because it's care. also it's it, it goes into the, as much as I like the like ring announcer thing, it's also like it's such a wrestler gimmick. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. There's something about him. I don't know what it is. It's weird though that someone can pick up a microphone and then just lose all of the all of the charisma. Like Pick up a microphone. Oh man, I gotta watch this guy. This guy's fantastic. And then as soon as he starts wrestling, you're just like, boo! Eh, I just don't care. <laughs> like, this, I guess, this manager has a back tattoo. All right, we're gonna leave the show now. Kennedy with the Mr. Anderson. Kennedy. I guess I'm just an asshole. Oh, Anderson promo that <sighs> started both started. Uh, a great, I'm going to say, month of him being over, and then consequently six years of the most annoying man in television history. Yep. So, and if you want to see Ken Anderson, just wait a year, and then he'll be living under a bridge in your town, waiting for insane championship wrestling to come back. <laughs> um, and uh, check this out, baby girls. Uh, I'm at Cabaret Voltaire at 4:45. If you're in Edinburgh, Scotland, er, goddamn day until the 28th. And John is... I'm at the Pleasance Courtyard in the attic every day at 9.30. Come check it out. If you like the show, fucking uh, tell people about it. Rate, subscribe, and uh, also message Ken Anderson and tell him that I would like him to huff on my fat sack. Huff on his fat sack. We love you. Guys, we're just moments away from the match that everybody's been talking about. The charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy will be facing my guest right now, Mr. Anderson. <coughs> no, Kristen. Oh, that's right, that's right, I forgot. Just, just imagine what, just think of what you just said. Jeff Hardy. The charismatic enigma and his creatures of the night. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty catchy. 
Kristen, do you think that that I could possibly be one of the creatures of the night? Huh? I mean, seriously, just picture this. Okay? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now, I'm sitting in the front row, and I've got my face painted up. I got my little rainbow bright hair. I got my little gimmicks on my forearms, a little pair of panties in my head. And I'm chanting. And I'm chanting. I'm chanting. Let's go hardy. Let's go hardy. This is awesome. This is awesome. Huh? Huh? Right? No, no, no. I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. You know why? Because I'm an asshole. That's why. And while Mr. Hardy has his little little fans, I got my own following. I like to probably call them Anderson's assholes. Yep. That's right. And tonight, Anderson's assholes will loudly and proudly drown out the creatures of the night as they proclaim at the top of their lungs to the entire freaking world. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match once again, Mr. Thanks, assholes. Mike and Tess, back to you. Oh, my God. <laughs>